Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. As I said during the announcements, um, this talk is dedicated to Steve Young, who's the, uh, who was the caretaker at uh, Spirit Rock uh, for a number of years and uh, was really uh, an embodiment of kindness. And um, I wanted to <clears throat> both talk uh, about that subject uh, and also um, dedicate whatever good comes from it to uh, to his well-being. Mm. First, I want to mention a little bit about, um, since I've been gone for a few weeks, uh, five weeks, um, I want to mention uh, about my uh, trip. Um, it was really... It's really good. Uh, it's good to be back, but it was really uh, inspiring to be away. I was invited to to teach in uh, Austria, um, where I, I did an eight day retreat, and then uh, Jane and I did an Awakening Joy workshop, um, and um, it was one. Uh, and then I'll just say the whole itinerary. Then I uh, was. Uh, a few days in Vienna, where I'd never been before, and then went up to St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, and then uh, took a boat across to Finland, where uh, I was for the last two weeks, because I was invited also to teach there. There's a lot of people who've done the uh, Awakening Joy course there. And when I was planning to go to Europe uh, to, to teach in Austria, I said, wow, all these people in Finland... We're doing Awakening Joy, and I wrote to them and I said, how did you all find out about this course? And I want to meet you. Uh, and they said, yeah, come here. And uh, so we were in Finland for the last two weeks. Um, and I'll just mention briefly, um, one of the things that, that doesn't cease to amaze me is how many different ways there are to be beautiful in this world. And how many different um, cultures have their own personality and their own sincerity, particularly when you're, when you're fortunate enough to share the Dharma, uh, how many different ways that, that sincere aspiration of uh, waking up and kindness uh, expresses itself. Uh, and I, I had such a... Uh, it was great seeing the different sites. I'd never been to Vienna, never been to any of those uh, places before. Uh, but what really sticks out, what really uh, I'm left with, is the contact with the people. Um, and the um, 
I'd never done, uh, just as, as an aside, well, it's just in my mind, I'd never taught through a translator before. And in Austria, uh, there was a, a really wonderful woman, Hilda, uh, who was the, the translator in uh, German. And um, it, I didn't know how it was going to work out, but it's fabulous uh, when, if you've got a really good translator um, because you say something, then she says it, and while she's saying it, I can get clear on what I want to say next. <laughs> and so you have to be a bit more economical, although my talks were, were a little bit longer than, because I, I still had, you know, I wanted to share some stuff, but, but a bit more economical, but it gives you time for it to be communicated and for you to clear, gather your thoughts. I never sounded so wise to myself, you know. <laughs> I said, hey, this is pretty good stuff, you know. And they were very grateful. They, they, they loved it. it was, but it was, um, it was so, it was so um, really um, lovely to, to go through that eight days teaching together and, uh, and, then, and the joy course. And we all fell in love with each other. And, and I um, agreed to come back next year and, and possibly the, the following year. Um, you know, they want to make a regular thing of it, and it sounds good to me. Um, and then, uh, and then we went. Well, Vienna is this. You know, it's like the you know you've been to old Europe. You know, there's Mozart, and there's so much culture and so much music everywhere. Uh, it was, and it's this gorgeous, lovely city. Um, and went visiting with some friends, Dharma friends, uh, who live near there. And then I went up to St. Petersburg, Russia. I'm, I'm Russian uh, ancestry, and I'd never been to Russia before. And St. Petersburg is, I think it's the fourth largest city in Europe. Um, you know, it's formerly Leningrad and... Petrograd. Um, Russia is a really interesting place. How many people have been to Russia? Yeah, they they've been through everything there, <clears throat> and you can the 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 opulence of the palaces of the Tsar's palaces and the Tsarina's palaces is like. Overwhelming, you could see why they had one revolution after another, you know. But it's their main tourist attraction. Say, come see our Tsar's palace, the one who we killed. And uh, <laughs> everything is like who killed who and what war, who, how many people died, and uh, like that. And um, but the the uh, the Russian people, uh, we met some really great Russian people, but they um, they don't smile so easily. And we were. Told this, uh, and but once you get to know them, the, at least the ones we got to know, uh, they were great. But I had this game with myself to see if I could make Russians smile. Yeah. <laughs> I played this game uh, uh, once before when I was a school teacher many years ago, uh, when I was first teaching in in Astoria, Queens, 
a very conservative neighborhood, and I had very long hair, and and I looked like a you know kind of a hippie, pseudo hippie, uh, and they'd never seen anything like this before. And my um, my principal said, I, you know, I think the beard and the and the the hair have to go, and I I, I this will be too much for them. And I said, Mr. Freed. N- it might be good for them to see somebody so different who's really a regular person inside. And I said, give me two weeks. He was a pretty cool guy. I said, give me two weeks, and if it, after two weeks it's clear that it's not going to work, I'll shave it. He said, okay, it's a deal. And I just beamed meta wherever I went. And I never had a shave. I was in that school for nine years, but that was my... That was my first challenge. Okay, if I can make, you know, it was Archie Bunker territory. If you remember, All in the Family took place in Astoria, Queens. If I can make these people smile, okay, I can do it with the Russians too. And uh, a few, I got, I cracked a few people's, you know, but uh, you can feel that culture. They, they, besides the hard winters and everything else that they. They've gone through, uh, and it's 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 a hard culture. Uh, and then going to Finland, where people are very quiet. You see and read in the guidebooks. Don't feel take it personally if these people don't talk. If they're if they're silent, you know. S- but they are really so beautiful. I'd give a talk, and I'd say, "Any questions?" And be quiet. And I said, I know you guys don't talk. Here's a little California coming to you. But, but we, uh, I just fell in love with these people and they were so kind. And uh, I'm going to go back there in a couple of, the year after next too. Um, so anyway, I I've, I've just feel so blessed. And then coming back here to Berkeley, a pretty good place to come back to. So... Um, I wanted to, um, actually, even besides Steve's passing, um, this was the topic that was coming up for me today. Um, And it came up when I had an email exchange with my my best friend growing up. We, we, We're in touch with each other occasionally, but the, the love is still there, but we're we're in touch with we it was pretty cosmic. I sent him an email today and I got an email back like within 5 minutes but he hadn't read my email. He had sent me an email. And we haven't, you know, maybe every uh, you know, 6 months or so if that there's there's something that that uh, we might connect with each other. But uh, we've certainly been in each other's minds because I'm about to uh, go to my 50th high school reunion uh, in a few months, which kind of blows my mind to think about. You're probably calculating how old is this guy anyway. (laughs) I graduated high school young, three. No, I was, I was actually, I was young when I, gra- I graduated at 16. But um, anyway, it was the 50th, um, it's the 50th high school reunion coming up. And we, um, I exchanged an email about that, but he sent me something, a, a different 
email completely unrelated. And then we, we said, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing that we, that we both um, were thinking of each other. Um, he sent me an article um, that uh, reminded him of me and something that we shared mm, as we look back on our life with our reunion coming up. Um, I'll first, I'll read an excerpt from the article. It's from, it was in the New York Times Magazine this week. Um, George Saunders' advice to graduates, who was part of his graduate uh, uh, commencement. You're shaking your head, you read it, right? Good article, wasn't it? Yeah. So mainly it was his speech, this really great writer, George Saunders. And I'll just read a, a, a little bit about it. He says, um, I'll just give the setup because he's such a good writer. Now, one useful thing you can do with an old person, in addition to borrowing money from them or asking them to do one of their old-time dances so you can watch while laughing, <laughs> is ask, looking back, what do you regret? And they'll tell you. Sometimes, as you know, they'll tell you even if you haven't asked Sometimes, even when you've specifically requested, they not tell you, they'll tell you. So, what do I regret? Being poor from time to time? Not really. Working terrible jobs like knuckle puller in a slaughterhouse, and don't even ask what that entails? No, I don't regret that. Skinny dipping in a river in Sumatra, a little buzzed, and looking up and seeing like 300 monkeys sitting on a pipeline, pooping down into the river. (laughs) The river in which I was swimming, with my mouth open, naked, and getting deathly ill afterwards and staying sick for the next seven months. Not so much. (laughs) Do I regret the occasional humiliation? like once playing hockey in front of a big crowd, including this girl I really liked, I somehow managed while falling and emitting this weird whooping noise to score on my own goalie, while also sending my stick flying into the crowd, nearly hitting that girl. (laughs) No, I don't even regret that. But here's something I do regret. In seventh grade, this new kid joined our class. In the interest of confidentiality, her convocation speech name will be Ellen. Um, Ellen was small, shy. She wore these blue cat's eye glasses that at the time only old ladies wore. When nervous, which was pretty much always, She had a habit of taking a strand of hair into her mouth and chewing on it. So she came to our school and our neighborhood and was mostly ignored, occasionally teased. Your hair tastes good? That sort of thing. I could see this hurt her. I still remember the way she'd look after such an insult. Eyes cast down, a little gut kicked, as if having just been reminded of her place in things, She was trying as much as possible to disappear. After a while, she'd drift away, hair strand still in her mouth, 
At home, I imagined after school, her mother would say, you know, how was your day, sweetie? And she'd say, oh, fine. And her mother would say, making any friends? And she'd go, sure, lots. Sometimes I'd see her hanging around alone in her front yard, as if afraid to leave it. And then they moved. That was it. No tragedy. No big final hazing. One day she was there. The next day she wasn't. End of story. Now, why do I regret that? Why, 42 years later, am I still thinking about it? Relative to most of the other kids, I was actually pretty nice to her. I never said an unkind word to her. In fact, sometimes even mutt even mildly, defended her. But still, it bothers me. So here's something I know to be true, although it's a little corny and I don't quite know what to do with it. What I regret most in my life are failures of kindness. Those moments when another human being was there in front of me, suffering, and I responded, sensibly, reservedly, mildly. Or to look at it from the other end of the telescope, who in your life do you remember most fondly with the most undeniable feelings of warmth? Those who were the kindest to you, I bet. It's a little facile, maybe, and certainly hard to implement, but I'd say as a goal in life, you could do worse. Try to be kinder. And he, uh, my friend, Gary, who's a very respected and successful person in his own field, and a really good guy, um, and, as I said, my best friend growing up. Um, why did he send this to me? He said, I thought about you. I read this article, and uh, I remember back to uh, summer camp. We used to go to summer camp together uh, for a few years. And the last summer we went to camp together, um, somebody else in our was in our bunk who we knew from home, we knew from school. And he was like Ellen. And um, we weren't kind to him. And quite the opposite. It wasn't, it wasn't that we were, you know, uh, torturing him, but we weren't kind. It was a little bit... Uh, we we were unkind to him, and the bunk was unkind to him. And um, as Gary said, you know, when I think back on that summer, there's something in me that um, that kind of haunts me. The interesting thing was that the the next summer I went to a different camp, <clears throat> uh, Camp Monroe, 
in Monroe, New York. First one was Camp Cahagan in uh, Quakertown, Pennsylvania. And when I went to Camp Monroe, that first summer at Camp Monroe, I was one of a few people in our big bunk of 14 um, that was on the receiving end of that unkindness. There were four of us who were new. And I was, I was younger. I, was a, I, was, I said I was a grade ahead, but a year younger, which is not a very good situation anyway when you're about mm, 13 or so. And I was on the receiving end of that. And um, what's interesting, as I reflected back in reading um, that, that beautiful article, is um, I learned something important from both of those summers. I learned the, the haunting of being... Um, of knowing that I acted in an unkind way. And I also experienced what it was like to be on the receiving end. This is after going to that other camp for four or five years and I was, you know, one of the one of the the in crowd, so to speak. And I knew what it was like to be outside the in crowd. And um although it was really painful um, it taught me a lot about compassion. Taught me a lot about what it's like in my own way, certainly not as many people in our society or uh, in, in this room even uh, can feel like outsiders sometimes. But in my own way, I knew, I know what it's like to be the outsider, and the one who um, gets the short end. And um, in some ways, I wouldn't have traded that now for, uh, for anything. I ended up, by the way, going to Camp Monroe for about uh, five or six years, because you know, I, I was determined I wasn't going to let this be the end. I'd never, I didn't tell my my family, but I just kept on going and I was a waiter and then a counselor and uh, like that. But that first summer stayed with me. Mm. So this, um, this idea of um, kindness is, uh, can be learned on both ends, both on the, the giving of kindness or the giving of unkindness and the receiving of, of, of kindness or the receiving of unkindness, as long as you're learning, then nothing is wasted. This is what the Buddha said. He said in, in one of my favorite discourses, he said, you might, have a, 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 you might see a place where you can choose how you're going to act and see and say to yourself, is this going to lead to my benefit or others' benefits, or is it going to lead to um, my affliction or others' affliction? And 
if you are, if you have enough presence to ask yourself that question beforehand and see, do you want to cause suffering to yourself or to others? And if you don't, then act accordingly. If you can keep in mind where this is going to lead to, and you really are clear where you want to be headed, then it becomes obvious. He says, you might not realize this until you're in the middle of the words or in the middle of the actions. And if you can reflect, where is this leading? Is this leading to uh, my welfare or others' welfare or my affliction or others' affliction? And he says, if so, if you have enough presence to see and ask, where is this going? Is this coming out of kindness or unkindness or ill will? And if you have a choice and you want to go for happiness, then choose accordingly. And then he says in this discourse, which is to his son, uh, by the way, his, his son who was um, seven at the time, he had just come back uh, from being away from having left his son um, and his family. Then he says, you might not realize it until after the words have been spoken or the deed is done. But ask yourself, was this for my own well-being and others' well-being? Or did this cause my affliction or somebody else's affliction? And if so, if you can see that it was not so skillful, if it didn't come from kindness and goodwill, then notice how it feels. If you can confess or uh, make amends, he doesn't say make amends, but he says confess to some wise person, but I think making amends is, uh, is, uh, is very skillful. But as much as anything, learn from what you've done so that there's nothing that's wasted. Just think of perhaps the times that you were not so kind. Maybe you had some experience like, like I did with, uh, that I shared with my friend who, who emailed me today. And uh, just for a moment, I invite you to look back, you know, maybe this afternoon or somewhere back in your in your life where um for whatever reason you were confused or stressed or um wanting or angry and you were quite unkind and somebody was hurt through your not seeing clearly And just as you reflect back on it, just seeing if you learned anything from that. If perhaps in the same situation, you might act differently. Like I know I would given 
what I know now back then when I was young. And perhaps if you learned a little bit about how important it is to be kind. Now, take a nice deep breath. I won't leave you here. And think of a time when you were truly kind, when something came out of you that was just a random act of kindness. You were there for somebody, maybe even went the extra mile for them. And just recall how it felt and how that goodness can come right through you when you're not confused, when the heart is open. How good it feels. Not trying to impress anyone just a spontaneous, random act of kindness coming from your good heart. Okay, you can gently open your eyes. The thing is that we're wired up for kindness. That's a natural way of being. But when we're stressed or confused or lost in our, our wanting in some way, um, then we do things uh, that we regret. And there's all the mind moments that we spend later on cleaning up our unskillful actions, we don't see it on the front end. But if we can pay attention, if we can really just pay attention, it's all there for us to learn, not from what you read in a book, but from what you know in your own heart. We are wired up for this. This is the... Um, the skillful factors, the, the wholesome factors in Buddhist psychology, uh, in Abhidhamma, uh, that are called Hiri and Otapam, that are often translated as moral, moral shame and moral dread. And what that means is we're wired up to know when something is off. But it's amazing how we don't pay attention to the signals. And in a moment, we get activated and the words come out or the actions come out. But if we slow down enough to listen and feel inside, you don't need Buddha Dharma or the Ten Commandments to know that this doesn't feel so good. And you don't need some kind of brilliant talk to know 
this feels really good. It's right inside of you. It's right inside of us. And the more we can practice it and feel how good it feels, how good kindness feels, um, the more we want to just keep on going for it. Why go for anything else? And yet, there's so much unkindness in this world. Isn't it amazing? So much, um, truly in the sense of the, uh, of the, of the word in, in Dharma, so much ignorance in the world. Not that it's evil as much as, I, the way I see it, as much as ignorance into what really leads to wholeness and happiness and what doesn't. So this is where mindfulness is so crucial to just listen and slow down enough and get that signal of, "Mm, I don't know, this doesn't feel so good, and then really listen to it. Really, not because you're trying to be some kind of a saint, but just because it feels good. You know, the, first, the first rule of, of wise, wise action is do no harm. This is in the Buddhist teachings. Do no harm, act for the good, and purify the mind. Do no harm is a good place to start. You know, that's kind of what puts the brakes on Act for the good, that is, let your kindness come out, is what really um, not just prevents you from feeling suffering, but invites you to feel wholeness and happiness. And it creates an ease and, a, and, a, and a, an alignment in the mind and the heart so that you can purify the mind. That's why the Buddha said, this is the foundation for inner peace. Mm. Mm. This is something not new to you, but here, you know, the, the, the great teachers of the world say this all the time. It comes down, it's so simple. Aldous Huxley, uh, you know, the, the, the great philosopher on his, uh, just before he died, we have Steve who passed away today. Just before he died, um, he was asked on his deathbed, after all of your explorations into consciousness, what would you say that you've learned? What's the, what's the essence of what you've learned? And he is reported to have said, I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say that I think it all comes down to kindness. And this is, you know, when people ask the Dalai Lama about Buddhism, he says, my religion is kindness. I mean, it doesn't get much simpler than that, huh? And this is something that we're taught even in our earliest Stages of development, be nice. You know, they say, basically, you're told, if you're like most kids, like, 
two things. Pay attention. How many times were you told that when you were a kid? Pay attention. Pay attention now. Pay attention and be nice. They were right. That's it. That's the whole Dharma right there. Pay attention. Wake up. And be kind. That's it. When I was growing up, I, um, you know, I was, I was, as, as I've shared here before, a, a huge um, sports fan. Um, and uh, you know, I had my own heroes, and uh, Mickey Mantle was a hero, and you know, Willie Mays was a hero, and all of. But basically, and I didn't know about their lives. They didn't know that Mickey Mantle, who later, who died of, of alcoholism and, and wrote a beautiful book reg- uh, saying, don't, do, don't lead my life the way I led it. Uh, let me be an example. And he was very remorseful and, and very humble at the end. But basically my question, which is exactly the same question that my son Adam uh, would ask when he was growing up. I loved when he would say this. It was like, he was part of this lineage my question that I would ask my dad was, is he a good guy? I mean, that's, that's really what matters. You can, because we look for heroes, we long for heroes. And it's one thing to be able to, you know, throw a football in it with a good spiral or, or hit a baseball over the fence or, you know, do whatever you do or put a, put a basketball through a hoop. It's one thing to do that, but... It needs that other side. What kind of a human being is, is this athlete? Is he a good guy? There's a word in, uh, in Yiddish that perhaps probably many of you know. The word mensch. M-E-N-S-C-H or T-C-H, however you... And... For me, it's the ultimate uh, of what inspires me. The word mensch, which um, comes from uh, the word, it's the, it means human being. And I was looking at it in Wikipedia today. Um, it's amazing, Wikipedia, isn't it? It's as amazing as Google. Um, and mensch... Um, the word, because it's human, it comes from um, Cicero's humanitas. Because human, humanitas, and it was kind of then uh, uh, taken into uh, the German and, uh, and then and Yiddish, uh, Hebrew and Yiddish language. No, German and, and, uh, and Hebrew is Yiddish. And huma- uh, Cicero's Humanitas, being a real human being, uh, somebody who is worthy of respect, is somebody who has a high character, uh, a stand-up person, somebody who's really there for you. And for me, I aspire to menschhood. Much, it's, it's right up there, you know, Buddhahood is good, you know, but it's a little bit, you know, maybe out of my reach uh, this lifetime. Who knows? We're all Buddhas. But 
being a mensch is something we can all do. Being somebody who um, is worthy of respect and who's just a basically decent human being. Don't have to be some kind of brilliant superhero or saint. Just being a basically decent human being that enjoys kindness. This is, this is worthy of, um, not just worthy of respect, worthy of uh, inspiration. And there's, there's so much fear and anger and hatred in this world that we need all the kindness we can get. Here is uh, the, a little bit of the Metta Sutta. The Sutta on Kindness. May they be able and upright, straightforward, of gentle speech and not proud. May they be content and easily supported, unburdened, with their senses calmed. May they be wise, not arrogant, without desire for the possessions of others. May they do nothing mean or that the wise would reprove. May all beings be happy. May they live in safety and joy. All living beings, whether weak or strong, tall, stout, average or short, seen or unseen, near or distant, born or to be born, may they all be happy, just wishing happiness for everyone. Let no one deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none by anger or hatred wish harm to another. As a mother watches over her child, willing to risk her own life to protect her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, suffusing the whole world with unobstructed loving kindness. Standing or walking, sitting or lying down during all one's waking hours, may one remain mindful of this heart and this way of living that is the best in the world unattached to speculations, views, and sense desires with clear vision, such a person will never be reborn into the, in the cycles of suffering. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a tall order to be that way all the time. Not possible unless you are fully enlightened. So we need to hold ourselves with the same kindness that we would hold everybody else. And it doesn't mean to be necessarily nicey-nice to everybody. Sometimes you've got to be really strong and fierce. But if you're coming from basically goodwill rather than hatred, um, you can be much more effective in your actions. And sometimes you lose it. 
even when you're a grown-up and not a not a a twelve-year-old who doesn't know any better, and you can be hate, hating and and angry and uh, hurtful and human. But if you learn, if you keep on learning and waking up and facing in that direction, then your life is blessed. I'll just share this last word from the Buddha. The perfume of sandalwood, rose bay, and jasmine cannot travel against the wind, but the fragrance of virtue and kindness travels even against the wind as far as the end of the world. Like garlands woven from a heap of flowers, fashion from your life as many good deeds. So, thank you, Steve, for all the kindness that you brought to Spirit Rock and to everybody who came there these last years. And... um, Whoever it is in your life who inspires you with their kindness, let it just keep on activating that that place in you that wants to go for the real happiness. We have a few minutes. uh, If there's any comments or questions, we have about three or four minutes for to connect. Mm-hmm. Any? Yeah, so if, um, let's see, if you could pass it, thanks a lot. Raise your hand. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of Raymond Moody who has been spent his whole life studying um, near-death experiences. Uh-huh, yeah, remember. But there's a beautiful film called Life After Life mm. in which um, about seven people talk about their near-death experiences. And one of the women in the film um, talks about a time when she attempted to commit suicide. Mm. And she, you know, had a near-death experience. And she says that during that experience she was taken through a life review of her life. Mm. And her expectation was that it would be about all the things that she felt that she didn't achieve or, you know, Mm. what a waste her life was. She didn't really do much, blah, blah, blah. She said what it was about was the moments in her life, however small, that she either did an act of kindness or received an act of Mm. kindness. Mm. That's a good life review. Yeah. And that's, that's the idea, actually, that, that in the teachings, say, as, as you practice kindness, that becomes what you remember in your, your last moments. You know, she was fortunate to have it in that, that instance. But the more your life is fashioned from a, like a garland of flowers of, of good deeds that becomes how you leave this world. Or you, there's a greater likelihood that that's what, 
how you leave this world and you leave with a, with a peaceful heart and ready to really let go. So it's good now and it's good then too. Hmm. Okay, so let's close with a loving kindness. Hmm. First, I want to um, once again bring Steve into uh, this room. He was such a good guy. He just greeted everyone with a smile. Hi, how you doing? Steve, may you feel all the appreciation of everyone who's known you and people here who may not know you. May you be held in love. May you feel your own good heart let it carry you on on your way. And then as you sit here, feel your own goodness of heart that you were, you've been gifted with in this lifetime. that loves to be kind and to receive kindness, that gravitates towards that when it's around. And appreciate that. May I feel all the goodness inside. May I share my love well. May I wake up to my true nature. And may all beings know kindness, feel the goodness that's inside of them, and more and more share their love well, and wake up to who they really are. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all know the highest happiness and peace. So thank you very much for your attention. Have a great week. <clears throat> See you next week. You come. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.